We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 202. I guarantee you, you have seen this amazing photographer and artist's pictures all over the equestrian industry and beyond. He is one of the most talented equestrian photographers that I know. His pictures are stunning, and I want them on every wall of my house. So here to talk about how he first got into the equestrian world in terms of photography and how he captures these amazing emotional images, please welcome our guest today, Raphael Masek. Well, I would love to hear about how you first found yourself in the equestrian world. So all my family was a horse family, you know, my grandfather was a horse breeder. And after that, my father get the same passion and my father breeded racing horses. And I, when I was like really young, like one years old, I go to the farm when my father breed all the horses and I leave it there for about five years, I think. And all the time surrounded with horses, the horses was my toys you know so I was playing with them all day and my mother is funny because my mother always said to me oh he was always on the horse feet and we are always talking oh Raphael don't stay there but I don't know I created a trust relationship with them and I think nowadays I can transmit a little bit of this connection on my images. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. So did you do a lot of riding growing up? Yeah, yeah. On the beginning, I, ha- I have some pictures with my father, like with like a baby, a real baby on his lap. Oh, riding. I love that. Yeah, he's riding the horses and yeah, it was always a passion. Nowadays, I always try to, to be close of the horse, of course, because my work, I always... Uh, traveling to different places and riding different horses, but I always try to have some fun after the photo shoots. The photo shoot is fun too, but uh, the riding is always amazing. Definitely. So cool. So you grew up in Brazil. Tell me a little bit about your experience with the equestrian world there versus um, then when you eventually moved to South Florida. Yeah, in in Brazil, we have a big horse culture too, you know, it's a big country, so you have different breeds of horses, and I I born in Sao Paulo, is the biggest city in Brazil, and on the south of Brazil, you have uh, a lot of big farms, it's a a farm uh, place on the country, so they, they breed different breeds there. And I had, uh, since from the beginning, I had a good relationship with all the clients. Uh, I think because I, I born with horses, I, I know to talk the same language. 
and and was was amazing but after some time my work started to be really big you know and was really fast and i was traveling more to other countries to do my work than in brazil so after a lot of travels all the time spending hours and hours in airports i decided to to move to florida i live like 15 minutes from wellington who is one of the biggest horse places on earth and all my biggest clients some of the biggest clients are here and for me it's much more easy to be here and to travel to Europe from Florida is easy. It's not so long that the time travels and California the same. And if I need to back to Brazil, sometimes it's not so far. So it was the perfect place to, to be. Yeah, definitely. Um, so once you moved to Wellington, how did that or Wellington area? How did that kind of change the dynamic of your business? Yeah. Of course, in Brazil, it's much more complicated for everything, okay? If you want the newest camera, you need to travel to US to buy yeah. the camera. So in Brazil, you need to wait a little bit more. And of course, the prices are crazy. Uh, so here I have the access to everything, you know, uh, and not only the cameras, but uh, I do my artworks. I have, I have my own company to do my artworks. So we bought everything like the printers, the laminators, all the equipment necessary to build the artwork. So uh, here was a, a game change for sure. And nowadays, of course, I'm doing that for 20 years already. So nowadays, uh, I, I choose my, my own clients, you know, I decide, oh, I want to do that kind of work and I go and it's okay but of course was open my market a lot coming here to us uh, yeah definitely i am dying to hear about your camera gear so tell me a little bit about is there you know a brand or some camera bodies or lenses that you swear by that you've always used or what are you what are you using right now yeah right now i'm i'm using the fuji gfx 100 who is a 100 megapixels medium format um, this camera is one of the newest cameras uh, with 100 megapixels on the market i think today is the best quality you i, I use it on the past like hasselblad and canon but this camera is much more fast than the Hasselblads and the Canon don't have the same resolution. So because I print very big, the, the artworks and all the, the photography much more, if you have much more resolution, the image will be more perfect when you print the image. So this camera nowadays, for my kind of work, I think it's perfect. I, I don't think it's for every photographer because sometimes you don't need 100 megapixels uh, if you are only going to publish your images online or right. in a mag or in a magazine. You don't need that much. But when you go like very big, like five feet or by ten feet, you need the best quality. That's huge. And 
Yeah, and the lenses, I use only prime lenses nowadays. Um, I don't use any zoom lenses. I have a 20, uh, 250 millimeters, uh, 100 millimeters, 85 millimeters, 50, 24, 16. <laughs> I have a lot of equipment. Yeah, the full collection. I love it. I have 80, <laughs> 85 is my favorite, personally. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Tell me a little bit why you prefer prime versus zoom lens. So the prime lens was constructed for that distance. You know, you don't have all the internal parts inside of the lens to give you different um distances so this lens was perfectly built for 100 or for 50 or for 85 so the image passed for less elements inside of the lens to reach your sensor so the sharpness is is different okay of course this is a high 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 level okay if if you show for a normal person the two images, they are not going to realize probably in a small in a small size. But when you print really big like I do, you can see the difference. And yeah, it's more fast too. The focus is more fast. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah. Um, I did not know that you printed, you you had yeah. that process of the business as well. So tell me a little bit about um yeah. kind of how that came to be. Yeah, because at the, at the time when I moved here to Florida, I was producing already like 10 artworks every month, you know, and wow. it's really it's expensive to, to produce them if you send to another company, like uh, it's $1,500, $2,000 to only to produce the image. So I start to realize, oh my God, I, I'm spending a lot of money producing in another place. Why I not buy everything? And I have all the, the control of my production, you know? So nowadays I can test much more. I can uh, test different kinds of paper, different kinds of materials. Um, you have the control of all your production, you know? So it's a little bit more more details you can change if, if you don't like the way the colors are on that kind of paper you can try a different kind of paper or a different co color management so yeah that's so smart because you also you get creative control of it and it doesn't get you know it it sometimes when you're working with another company for the printing part they can totally get you know, the image wrong or, you know, just yeah, exactly. yeah, like you were saying, like not the right color. And then that yeah. totally like defeats the purpose or it kind of like taints your work a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because that problem happens with me a lot on the past. So was one of the reasons I decided to build my own company and produce that because now I know exactly all the images are going on the right color with the right sharpness, with everything. Perfect. If someone is paying uh, thousands of dollars for an artwork they need to receive the perfect oh, the no. product so yeah tell me a little bit about your process for planning leading up to a photo shoot and uh, nowadays i photograph a lot in in studio uh, i bring my studio to the horse farm or the barns and we photograph the horse like uh 
Victoria's Secret model case, a back yeah. background, a black background with studio lights. And I, I photograph like that. You can plan a little bit more before because on my head, I already know what kind of position of the horse I want to, to get on my pictures. So, I, I, of course, on my mind, I have an idea of all the pictures I have, and I always want to do something different. So, I try to make the horse to understand what I want. <laughs> a, yeah. I, I, like to, I like to talk with them, okay? And well, I feel like that's so, that's like so easier said than done. And it's probably taken a lot of practice because especially when yeah. you're dealing with someone that doesn't, uh, something that doesn't necessarily listen to directions, like a Victoria's Secret model may do that. <laughs> exactly. You know, how do you, how have you been able to kind of navigate that you have these ideas in your head of the posing and what you want from the image and that you're able to capture that? Yeah, so the, the horse needs to accept us and allow us to photograph them, okay? You cannot force a situation because for me, the most important part of the picture is the expression. And if you try to do something who the horse don't want to do, you will never get a relaxed uh, expression, a relaxed position. So... Uh, is a work of patience, you know, you, ne you need to really connect with the horse and they need to understand, oh, he's here to doing something good with me. He's not going to hurt me. And the process work it goes from there, you know. So on my mind, I have this position uh, of the horse and is of course working for 20 years i know to predict a little bit what the horse is going to do and i put them in a position to give me what i want on the picture you know so cool and then you kind of have to make them think like it was their idea <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly they need to do it naturally you know yes uh, and use your techniques uh, to bring them where you want yeah have you had any horror stories of that maybe backfiring or not working out or a horse kind of like freaking out from your equipment? No, I, I, I think horses are like people, you know, they have different personalities. And of course, some horses are more easy to photograph and some horses are more shy or, or are more calm, you know, they are not, they are not have a, a hot blood. <laughs> but but yeah you, you need to try to get the best from what you are photographing you know and and try to figure out how to to manage all the situations but uh with equipment no just one time uh we are when i start to do flash with horses flash photography with horses I, like was like 12 years ago mm -hmm. 13 years ago I think nobody was doing that at this time. So uh, we are, we was testing a lot, you know, and starting to see how is the response of the horses, if they are getting spooked or not. And with flashlights, it was always very easy. They only looked like two or three times on the beginning. And after that, they realized, oh, that's not going to hurt me. 
you can shoot me all day if you want. But mm-hmm. with con- with continuous light, uh, we try at one time, and the horse see a big shadow on the walls. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, that that shadow is the problem because they see a big thing on the wall moving, and they get so. We try it one time and never more. So I think if you if you go photograph with flashlights uh, is the best option. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, that's part of the job, I guess, to live and learn and make adjustments as you go. Exactly. You learn a lot with them too, you know. And we are always studying new ways to get different pictures. And yeah, it's good. Have you ever needed to fly your horse somewhere? The partners of Equijet have been well established in the competitive horse world for over 20 years and have been in the import and export business for more than 15. With lifetime passions of riding, training, and taking care of horses, Equijet's expertise and knowledge of the nuances of equine travel are just unparalleled in the business. They really understand that comprehensive and clear logistical solutions to shipping needs are of the utmost importance and they ensure that your horses are headed to the their final destination with the proper documents, safety, of course, at all times. At Equijet, they are horse people first, dedicated to the well-being of your horse in transit and to its destination in top condition. Equijet's top priority is shipping your horses safely and with the highest amount of service, and their team is absolutely committed to professionalism, detail, and timeliness. So to find out more about Equijet and how they could be helpful for your shipping needs, you can visit their website at equijet.com. That's E-Q-U-I-J-E-T.com. Thank you so much, Equijet, for sponsoring this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. How many photos do you usually take in one photo shoot? So nowadays is much less than the past. Nowadays I go for 200 maximum. Oh, nice. Uh, because I already know the positions I want from the horse, you know, and I, I don't need to, to get thousands of pictures in a session. Uh, if I get like two or three very, very good is is the days done so but because my work nowadays is more for the artwork uh, I don't work more for clients who hire me only if the person wants uh, artwork from his horse so I go there and, and photograph but and I don't do events anymore too on the past I did a lot of show jumping I worked with okay. FAI and of course in an event like that take thousands of pictures but uh, is not my focus anymore. Yeah, that just turns into a lot of culling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, do you have a picture or a photo shoot, or maybe a couple um, that stick out in your mind as some of your favorite shoots or some of your best work? Yeah, some images who transmit more emotion and. When I look for the image, I feel the same connection with the horse in person. So that images for me are the most uh, impressive ones. And and, our, and it's funny because art is the ones who I sell more, you know, and people like, I think, this kind of connection. I think nowadays people are working always too much, always in traffic, always rushing. 
And when they arrive at their homes and they can see the horse on the wall, like mm -hmm. giving back this energy, you know, this good feeling. I think that's the reason why people like so much uh, this kind of work, you know, but immersion, paradism, who are my favorite images. And we sell like millions of dollars on these pictures already, you know. So, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah it's very nice. Um, tell me about an area of the industry that you're really passionate about that you feel like the rest of the equestrian community either just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about. Yeah, in, in horse photography nowadays, you have so many options in different kind of markets, you know, like in fat photography, they are using horses with models, uh, with um, uh, interior designers using uh, equestrian elements on the decoration. Uh, you can have architectural photography with horses or horse related. So I think nowadays you can work with wherever you like, you know, if you like sports is a big market for sports, uh, show jumping, dressage, all the, the, the biggest uh, sports. So I think you can develop what you like and, and has this other world who is the artworks, who normally we work with the art galleries, the art fairs, collectors, who is a, it takes a little bit more time, but when you reach that stage, uh, I think you can do what you really want to do, not what you, the client wants, but what is in your head, you know? Because sometimes the client have the same mind as we have, you know, and our work, I think, is to always show something who they don't expect. So if I can create by myself, not pressuring, uh, I think it's better. Definitely. And yeah, that's I mean, that's such a good point that um, if you are you know, interested, you have a passion for horses, have a passion for photography. There really are so many ways that you can go about with it. You don't have to exactly. photograph at horse shows or do, you know, lifestyle photography or, you know, things like that. There's, there's so many different avenues, even in mainstream um, yeah. fashion and lifestyle where um, the, yeah. you know, idea of the equestrian lifestyle is prevalent at all, as well. Yeah. I think it's important to pass for all these stages because, you will get different abilities, you know? Right. Of course, with uh, sports, you need to be always fast and the focus needs to be sharp all the time. And that's give you ability for when you are photographing for yourself, a uh, portrait or something, of course, not so fast, but it's important to do everything. Fashion photography, you, you always lose lights, uh, artificial light. So you get this knowledge from different markets, you know. When I told um, some of the listeners from the Equestrian Podcast that you were coming on as a guest, <laughs> especially my photographer listeners were very excited. Um, oh, do you offer any um, any like mentorships or um, opportunities for other photographers and up and coming talents to learn from you? Yeah, these last two years because of COVID was very complicated because yeah. we we had planned a lot of workshops uh, and I needed to cancel all them because of course the owners of the horses, they don't want 20 
25 people uh, on their properties was very complicated. Um, but I love to do the workshops. Um, I do one-on-one and I do in a group. So I hope now if we pass for this pandemic, uh, I can back to, to give at least two or three workshops every year. Uh, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I, I like to share my experiences, you know, and I, I always tell for my students, if market grows for everybody, we'll, go, we'll grow for me too. So I don't have uh, any kind of, oh, that I don't talk because I'm passing uh -huh. something. No, for me, it's, every question I always reply and I try to help everybody. I, I, I like the challenge, you know, if you have... If have someone really good, I will try to to grow my work too. So I think if everybody thinks like that, we'll be better for for everybody. Yeah. Definitely, and I mean, I'm also a firm believer that even if you have someone else trying to do the exact same thing that you are, use the yeah. exact same settings, exact same <laughs> equipment, they're still not going to capture an image the no. same way that you can. Yeah, and if you if you photograph for emotions never will be never will be the same the horse can be in the same position but mm -hmm. the expression is unique is only one time and you never i can photograph the same horse again and i'm not going to get the same expression sure. again so i of course i always see uh, some pictures similar but uh, i don't care i think everybody has his own work and right. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And one more photography specific question. Do you worry yeah. about having the horse's ears forward during your shoots? Um, yeah, not all the time because sometimes I go, I like to go really close and sometimes the ears not show on my pictures. Right. But of course, if you are getting a perfect picture of the head of the horse you need to have the ears forward okay any, but um, if it, any tips but if it's something, or... yeah we, we use a lot of things try to get the attention of the horse as i told you some horses are more easy and some are more complicated right. but we use horse sounds we use like mirrors we use lights nah, yeah. you can use everything i, I already saw a guy like using a monkey suit trying to get, <laughs> trying to get the attention yes exactly so if, if it is working for you the problem is the horse realizes really fast you are trying to shit him, okay so and you need to always change what you are doing to get their attention but yeah, as I told you, you need to have patience and every horse is different. I normally don't like to photograph the horses more than 30, 40 minutes because the horse is not there for modeling, you know, it's, it's not a model you're paying for them to be there for you. So the horse wants to be a horse. So after 30, 40 minutes, the horse don't want anymore to be there, you know, he start to get stressed and so i try to divide my days in more than one photo shoot you know or use different horses and yeah works yeah, great like that that's good advice for sure um what do you feel like 
you do as a photographer that really allows you to capture that emotion? Yeah, of course, it's, it's all this experience of my entire life, okay? I, I am 40 years old now. So since from the beginning of my life, I was before this until today. And I think they can feel I'm there to do something good, you know, feel my emotions and they give me back. So I think it's the only way a true emotion, a true relationship with them for them to give you what you want, you know. Definitely. Yeah. And they're, they're such sensitive animals. So I, they, they exactly. know a horse person when they see it. Yeah. It's the only animal who allowed you to go on top of him and ride and right. jump and do all the tricks they do, you know? So it's a big connection. And the horse, I think is one of the most important animals for our humanity. You know, we discover the world with horses. So we have this big connection and if if you work on the right way with them, they will give you what you want. Well, Raphael, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast and share your uh, expertise and your experience. It's amazing. It's I amazing. love following your work and I know so many others do as well. So thank you so much and I wish you all the best. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next week.